My scripture this morning is taken from the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 1, verses 10 through 18. If you'd like to follow along as I read aloud, it is found in your pew Bibles on page 156. Now, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you should be in agreement, and that there should be no divisions among you, but that you should be united in the same mind and the same purpose. For it has been reported to me by tattletales, nana nana boo boo, it's what it should have said. But what it does say is, Chloe's people have told on you that there are quarrels among you, my brothers and sisters. What I mean is, is that each of you say, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, you may know him as Peter, or I belong to Christ. Has Christ been divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you. Well, except Crispus and Gaius. For it has been... So that no one can say that you were baptized in my name. I did baptize also the the household of Stephanas. Beyond that, I, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to proclaim the gospel, and not with eloquent wisdom, so that the cross of Christ might not be emptied of its power. For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us, who are being saved, it is the power of God. May God bless the reading of God's Holy Scripture. Amen. It's really hard to not read this passage of Scripture and automatically go into the historical academic lens of it. Because I always talk about this in the sense of, Baptism is too complicated for the New Testament to truly answer. The tradition of baptism for Christianity is uh, different than what the biblical understanding is. For most of you, you were told from a child that being baptized was dot, dot, dot. Not all of you grew up in the Christian church, disciples of Christ. And because of that, baptism has a different meaning for some of us. But in the Christian church, disciples of Christ, we recognize that all baptisms are the same. The same intent and purpose. Now, why do we come up with this? Well, mainly because it's a biblical understanding. Well, Josh, Jesus and the twelve disciples were baptized in the Gospels. Nope. In the Gospels, it's very clear. Matthew is... In saying, and Mark says it, and Luke says it, that Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. And after that, you remember the story, it changes whether the audience hears it or the person, Jesus, hears it. Jesus comes up out of the water, and as he comes up out of the water, it's kind of like our stained glass window. A dove comes from heaven, and the voice of God is heard, saying, This is my son, the beloved, whom I am well pleased. The story stops there. 
It doesn't say, and then the twelve jumped in the water with him. The only time that one may make the argument that the disciples were physically baptized is in the book of Acts, chapter 2. After there's this Pentecostal experience, the spirit of upon all these people, and then at that point there were some 3,000 people baptized that day. That's where most people say, well, that's where the disciples were baptized. But why am I being pessimistic here? Because Paul is being pessimistic. We don't baptize in the name of Paul or Apollos or Cephas. We baptize in the name of Christ. And Paul says, and I don't remember baptizing you. Well, there was that guy Crispus and Gaius, he says. And then he says as a footnote, oh yeah, I also baptized the family of Stephan Stephanus. Uh, but other than that, I don't remember baptizing anybody. As if it was just kind of a passing thing for him. But do you understand why it's such a big deal for him? Somehow, some way, there's division amongst the church in the name of Christ. But it's not in the name of Christ. It's who do they belong to? What team are they participating with? Think about it this way. It works really well in Oklahoma. There are some of you that are Cowboy fans. Go Pokes. There are some of you that are Sooner fans. Boomer Sooner. There are some of you that like Northwestern Oklahoma State University. Go Rangers. Just saying. In all of those things, we all have this idea of competition as uh, a, a separation between us. You're either them or you're not. In Oklahoma, it is, well, it's dire. You have to be this or you have to be that. And I think if you were born in Oklahoma, most of us say uh, it's all fun and games until it's against a team from Texas. And then, then we know that Oklahoma has to win either team. But that kind of division is supposed to be friendly. It's supposed to be in fun and literally games. It has no place in the church, is what Paul is saying. What we do is not an individual sport. What we do is something that's a collection, a collaboration of like minds and a, a collaboration of spiritual gifts. And it's given to us to be not necessarily in the camp of a Paul or Apollos or Cephas, but in Christ alone. Obviously, Paul is pointing out that there was bantering and one-man upmanship that was tearing the congregation apart. One way to translate that was, you could translate it as Christ is divided. The names of Cephas. Apollos and Paul, these moments have left this out on purpose because it was designed to be a way to say 
Paul's church is not perfect. It's not the right one. Hmm. I have to tell you, one of the hardest parts about being a minister in the 21st century is being transparent with you, both online and here physically, is the spiritual elitism that we all come from. That our church is better than, or we do things better than. Ooh, if we could just be like such and such church. Or we do this better than such and such church. Competition between churches is also not of Christ. You remember, some of you remember, some of you weren't born. But back in the 80s, we started to see those that wanted to compete publicly, nationally for followers. We saw people like Jimmy and Tammy Baker and Jimmy Swaggart and Oil Roberts and Jerry Falwell. We saw all of them raise up into the national scene and being brought on television. That part was amazing, right? We saw these preachers on television and they were preaching this message if you only just give us this much money, God will bless you this much more. And slowly, we watch them fall through hostile takeovers amongst themselves, some of them from sexual misconduct, some of them almost always had to deal with money, most of them in every aspect in and this is where I'm trying not to get on a soapbox, but they destroyed the church in the United States because we came to a place where people don't trust us. And why should they? On a national scene, we watch these religious leaders fall from grace that were competing amongst themselves and we participated Oh, I watched this person, or I did this, or I did that. And I don't have a problem when we watch people on television and we feel the presence of God. That's not what I'm saying. But we ought to be leery when it says, I'm a part of the church of Apollos. I'm a church of Cephas. I'm a part of the church of Paul. And not the church of Christ. You start to hear the words of Jesus come over louder. One of our early church fathers, Bernard of Clairvaux, says, You learn the lesson that if you are to do the work of a Christian leader, what you need is not a scepter, but a hoe or shovel. Even Dostoevsky says, Let us be servants in order to be leaders. Like the church in Corinth, like all congregations, like even in our own denomination, differences exist amongst us. But they do not need to reduce our effectiveness. In fact, if, you're, if I'm being completely honest with you, I see it as a source of strength. 
In our own church, we have various groups and, and factions. I, I don't need to remind you of that. You already know it. Some of us are more interested in children's ministry. Some of us more than worship. Some of us are more interested in music than outreach. Some of us are more interested in the investment in the buildings than in our community outreach. Some of us are more interested in finances rather than the fellowship of church. You know, none of this is wrong, right? And in fact, it's a sense that we are healthy. By offering several different groups, we can allow your particular gifts and strengths to be recognized, appreciated, and utilized. By allowing each person to find their own niche, we find that they are more effective overall, working as a team to proclaim the gospel in a variety of ways. But it can very easily turn destructive. It becomes destructive when we no longer focus in on the common goals and purposes of what we are. My own belief is, is that we allow competition to become destructive when we lose our own sense of worth and value. If we feel that we are not valued by others, or we feel as if we are worthless, we begin to look at the flaws in someone else's area, honestly, so that we don't look so bad. And slowly but surely, everything begins to crumble. There were those that were in Corinth who looked to Paul, the founder of their church, and said, but we belong to you. As if that made them better than the others. Some claimed to belong to Peter. You know, because he was directly connected with Jesus. As if somehow that made them better than the others. Some others compared themselves to Apollos for some reason and made the same place. We are better than you. To Paul, and hopefully for all of us, this should be nonsense. For all of God's creation belong to Jesus. Without Christ, there is no church. Without Paul, without Peter, without Paulus, the church could exist, but not without Christ. That's not to say that we need to be all the same, that we need to be all, but we do need to be all heading in the same direction. Some friendly competition can make the journey a little fun. I would argue that some of it will make us more effective. You see, in the body of Christ, there is room for, no, there's need for the Pauls and the Peters and the Apollos, just as there is a need in our church Sunday school teachers, as we need people in our choirs, as we need trustees, as we need our committees, as we need those to help volunteer for playground. Ding, ding, ding. We cannot be whole without each of us, without all of us. Now, similarly, I believe that there is room for and a need for a variety of churches. People think this is weird when they're like, Josh, why are you so involved with the Ministerial Alliance? Because 
not one denomination. There's not one congregation that can claim the fullness of Christ without the recognition of or acceptance of and celebration of others who begin from a different perspective but somehow believe in the same Jesus. Amen? Paul reminds us that our value, our worth, our very purpose is derived from the cross of Christ. It's in that act that God has purchased our salvation. In that act, God has claimed us. And so it is that all of this belongs to God. And as servants of God, we should be and are all on the same team. And while healthy competition may make our team better, we must always remind ourselves that we are on the same side, that we are in the same camp, and that we have the same owner. For we are all one in Christ. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.